Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, I'm joined by Ed Diaz as we discuss our messages in the series on Proverbs entitled Wisdom That Works. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to Armchair Preaching. Uh, today, uh, in I'm in an armchair. I don't know if, Ed, you're actually in an armchair because you are not in the office with me um, because of the nature of the summer. Uh, you are off for a little bit, but I appreciate you taking some time to uh, talk with me and the folks listening online. How are you doing? Doing really well. Just got done a great bike ride with my bride and had a greasy breakfast out thereafter as a reward. <laughs> and, uh, that's always good here. <laughs> that's always good uh well ed you were uh in the classic service with us this week talking through proverbs 16 in our series wisdom that works and uh, before we talk about proverbs 16 i, I do want to just you know back up because i have uh spoken you know josh schweitzer was on the podcast uh at the beginning of this sermon series uh john on the podcast and uh one of the things that we talked about with them and i'd love to get your thoughts on this um because of you know your years of preaching and teaching the bible um you know where 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 does the book of proverbs sit with you in your personal devotional life and and also where has it where has its place been for you as you've taught the Bible and, and ministered to people for for over 40 years? <laughs> well, where do you start and how many hours do you have? I'm, uh, <laughs> I was very blessed right out of seminary. I helped start a ministry called Walk Through the Bible. And our original plan was we had an Old Testament and a New Testament seminar, which we have taught in thousands of churches over all these many years. And that's a simple overview of, of, of the Bible in a way that is memorable. We, we would actually take the room or the sanctuary and turn it into a large map and walk from place to place in the room, walking through using hand motions to depict the, the motions and the events of the Bible. So by the end of the day, uh, you could actually recite from memory uh, within a couple of minutes, the story of the Old Testament and then later the New Testament. Well, that went so well that there were five of us that committed to start full-time doing this kind of teaching. And we moved to Portland, Oregon, which is not the end of the world, but you can see it from Portland. And uh, <laughs> uh, we uh, were very blessed to, to, we had a plan that never came to fruition. Uh, but the part of that plan was we were now going to come back to these churches that had done the Old Testament seminar and later the New Testament seminar. And we we're going to do four sub-seminars, a whole day in the historical books, a whole day in the Pentateuch, a whole day in the poetical books, and a whole day in the prophets. And I was blessed to be able to write the seminar that was on the poetical books, of which <laughs> Proverbs is smack dab in the middle. Yeah, there so, you go. Uh, you know, we, we had a great structure for the Bible, 39 books all together in the Old Testament, 17 historical books, 17 prophetical books, and those five poets, which included the Proverbs, and Proverbs was devoted to helping us learn skill for living. So from the very beginning, right out of seminary, right out of the blocks, I spent hours and hours and hours in the Proverbs trying to uh, understand them myself and then make them uh, memorable. 
So I was able to come up with a, with a decent outline. I mentioned that I believe in my, in my message. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's just such a practical book. I mean, it really, you know, my, my new Testament favorite book might be James. And I think you mentioned in your sermon that it's called the Proverbs of the new Testament. Yeah. And there's no, uh, no accident there. I think that the practical use of our faith in the new Testament mirrors wonderfully the practical faith of the old Testament. Yeah. Do you, do you, do you, do you find any any challenges with teaching proverbs uh, to 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 lay folks? I mean, it's different when you're dealing with people that have you know seminary trained and and you know have have kind of a you know that they have a wider uh, understanding of biblical redemptive history. But do you find there's any challenges when you're preaching or teaching the the book of Proverbs specifically? Oh my gosh! Yes, <laughs> the uh, you know the the proverbs were never meant to be taught through, as as I understand them. the The proverbs are generally couplets of two or maybe three or sometimes four or five verses, uh, and they're written in poetry first of all, and, and that's why they're called the poetical books. And the purpose of the proverbs is to take what's in the first line and see how it's reflected or responded to in the second line. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, uh, I'm in Proverbs 22, and it says, a good name is to be more desired than great wealth. The second line says, favor is better than silver and gold. Well, the Hebrew poetry rhymes, but it rhymes by idea. And it was really hard, and still is hard, to get people to understand that idea. So, in, in, in the case of Proverbs 22, a good name rhymes with favor. And great wealth rhymes with silver and gold. Uh, and that's what would uh, be, be in the Hebrew text. I believe it's called uh, uh, synonymous poetry. It says yeah. the same thing in both lines. One line is synonymous with the other, using different words mm-hmm. to describe the same thing. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that's about half of the Proverbs are written that way. Uh, another half of the problems, Proverbs are written antithetically, meaning there'll be a, a line in the first, a statement in the first line uh, in the same chapter, chapter 22 and verse 12 says, the eyes of the Lord preserve knowledge, but, and, and but is always in the second line. He overthrows the words of the treacherous man. So again, there's there's different ways to approach them, and and they're not meant to be gulped down in whole meals. They're meant to be chewed on as individual bites. Mm-hmm. So when when John asked <laughs> Pastor John said, "Would you preach from Proverbs 16?" You know, my first question was, "How many how many sermons do you want?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I know you found the same problem. There are five yeah. or six sermons in that one chapter. Well, and you and I had talked about uh, where where we were going to go in Proverbs 16, uh, kind of beforehand. And, uh, and, and it, you know, and, and I'm, you know, this week, Brian Morgan is preaching in, in Vine. And I, I, you know, had to, you know, talk to him and say, where, where are you going in Proverbs 23? Cause it's like you said, it's, um, some of the proverbs, especially in the first nine chapters, do build on each other, and there's a lot of there's some continuity between the chapters. Right. Uh, but but even in the you know, and and I think one of the things, and and we say this, I, th- I know you've said this, and when you're just teaching other Bible passages, but it's especially true and especially relevant when you're teaching uh, something like Proverbs, um, the book of Proverbs, the, the chapter markers and the verse markers are 
are our additions. You know, th- those are translation additions. You know, th- those are not part of the original kind of um, structures of the book of Proverbs. You know, they're lined yes. out. And so you, you even get to like later in the book of Proverbs and in the middle of, uh, you know, Proverbs 22, there is in a lot of English translations a, a kind of a, a, a a title or a, a superscription that just says words of the wise. Um, and depending on if you're reading the NIV or the ESV or whatnot, the, the NIV, I think actually says the 30, the 30 um, uh, sayings of the yes. wise. Yes. And, and then, and then it, then it outlines, then it kind of groups the verses, but the, but that, that section begins in the middle of a chapter Right, so the, so even some of those designations and the organizational structures that we put into just the general books, the the, the general book of the Bible itself, kind of can be confusing to people because the 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 verses may not have the same level of continuity that we would expect in in sort of a narrative book of and the especially Bible. in all all of the poetical literature and more than more than half of the Old Testament was written in poetry. So yeah. that's a that's a great point. It really starts out in the first chapter of the Bible. Genesis one does not yeah. end until chapter two and verse three. Yeah, and it's just good to know. Again, as you pointed out, well, the uh, the verses and chapter divisions come in much later, and some of them are accurate, and some of them are not. So yeah. again, the, the the teaching of the scripture is such a joy to do, and as you can point some of that stuff out so that it makes sense to people, that's that's our job. That's why you make the big money, McGowan. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and and it is also, to your point, too, I think it's really important that people understand the book of Proverbs is part of the, the poetry uh, canon. Uh, of And that, because when you read poetry, you're reading it with a different lens than you're reading narrative. For, you sure. know, because, because there is this, there, there, there are these images that are meant to be, um, in some cases, hyperbolic, um, in some cases, uh, shocking. Um, you see this in the Psalms as well, but you do see it in the Proverbs. And I think sometimes people try to read the Proverbs as, as straight commands. Yeah. Uh, and, and sometimes you can, but not always. And, um, and, and there are moments where you read it and you go, well, you know, um, this does not, is not always, you know, you know, this particular, you know, this particular, uh, um, line of wisdom does not is not always universable or universally universally applicable in all cases in in um but that's that's not the point of a, a proverbial statement right yeah, it's you a are general correct, principle and, and even general the chapter principle. we preached on has a whole section section that's uh allocated for the words and the justice of the king so that would yeah. have been talking about himself but again the uh that's not the whole chapter at all, and I didn't. I didn't even go into those verses, but uh, yeah. they're important, and they ought to be studied, and they ought to be chewed on the way you just take a, a wonderful bite of a great dessert and just savor it. Oh, what? Yeah, what a great image! What a great image! So yeah. even to read one chapter a day, as I've really enjoyed doing, uh, it's still an awful lot to to process. It's way more than I can generally process. Yeah, it sounds so easy, and it, I mean, in terms of if you're if you're just 
talking about letting your eyes hit the words, you yep. know? Um, yeah, it is easy, but, but then, uh, you'll hit a, you hit a verse or two that just go, you, you have to do a double take, you know, kind of what, 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 <laughs> you know? And, um, and that, that's, that's fun. That's what makes, that's what makes the, the, all, all biblical literature. So in my, in my view, and I know you feel the same way, just so compelling. I mean, why you can keep going back to the same verses in the same books of the Bible over and over and over again. Uh, is... Well, and f- full disclosure, and I shared this with you earlier, but uh, on the day that I got the assignment to preach out of Proverbs 16, uh, my wife has a wonderful free daily email that takes people through the whole Bible chronologically. Yeah. And as I left uh, my assignment from from Pastor John in a bit of a panic, what am I going to do with the whole chapter <laughs> of Proverbs? I got home and read My Daily Briefing, which is available at mydailybriefing.org. It's a free email written really for our grandkids, but we've had several thousand people subscribe to it. And on that day, uh, Gwen had covered the story of Gehazi and the uh, and the uh, situation with Naaman. Yeah. And so I, as I read through Proverbs 16, having just read the daily briefing, it was like, wow, all this stuff in Proverbs 16 comes uh, to bear with the life of Gehazi. I think I'm just going to camp there. Yeah. So, wonderful gift from the Lord, because otherwise I'd still be studying the first three verses. <laughs> well, and, and that, you know, that leads us to Proverbs 16. I think when you and I had spoken, uh, we were, we were, I, I had not looked at it. I was uh, thinking about, Whatever I was preaching that week, I oh, can't you were two remember. Sermons before me, yeah. I was two sermons before you. Uh, thinking about, I think I was thinking about VBS Sunday. Actually, and we were <laughs> uh, fin- we were finishing up. I think the book of Philippians uh, at that point, but but. Um, but I, I was looking at it, and I, I was feeling your 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 uh, consternation as I was like, "Oh man, there's a ton here." Uh, so I was really glad you had the you know that God had given you that that direction um, because I thought that was you know really powerful for a couple reasons and and I want to get your take on this too because I think um, the book of second king or the both both first and second kings um, first kings really deals with the the, the rise of the kingship uh, in David's and and then the movement into um, what happens following David into Solomon and then Solomon into the split but uh, second kings really gets into some of the nitty-gritty of kings uh, and situations that aren't as well known I think in the general population oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> So what? So you mentioned that that the story of Naaman in your sermon was one of your, and I heard your sermon twice. I had I watched it um, online, but I had been in the eight fifteen uh, room. So what was it about? What is it about the name? So talk about the Syrian for a second, and then we'll get into Gehazi. Uh, what is it about the story of Naaman that really uh, compels you, um, especially as you were kind of making this this connection between that and Proverbs sixteen? The reason I love uh, the story of Naaman is because it was Israel being Israel as they were designed by God to be. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, in the Old Testament, the reason that God creates Israel in Genesis chapter 12 is that in the first 11 chapters, no nation has come forward and said, we want to be your people. Yeah. So in Genesis 12, uh, God calls Abraham, and from from Abraham would come a people that would be his way to minister on the earth, his way to reach the other nations. Uh, so Abraham uh, gives birth to the nation, and uh, then, of course, the, the long story made short is the nation ends up in Egypt for 400 years by the end of the book of Genesis, and then beginning of Exodus, they're delivered 
from bondage in Egypt, but they don't have a, a land and they don't have a constitution. All they have is this mass of people. Mm. And what are they going to do? Well, they go to Mount Sinai, and as God is about to give them the Old Testament law, which is going to be their constitution, uh, Moses comes down from the mountain, and 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 they basically said, Moses, all that the Lord has commanded, we will do. Well, at that mm. point, the Lord had not commanded anything. Yeah. <laughs> In Genesis 19, they they were on board, and what God had commanded them to do in, in chapter 19 is become, he called them a kingdom of priests and a holy or separated nation, which is also picked up by First Peter, and, and, and as a church, we're to be a kingdom of priests. And the word priest, in the Latin, is the word pontifax, or bridge builder. Israel was to mm-hmm. be the bridge builder for God in the Old Testament. Other nations were to be able to look at the way Israel worshipped God and obeyed God, and then God was able to bless them, and then... Uh, the other nations were able would would say, "Oh, we want to know that God," and mm-hmm. uh, we seldom get that. We get it with Naaman, who has a great respect for the God of Israel since he lived among those people. We, yeah. uh, we get it with the Queen of Sheba in the life of Solomon, and we get it here and there in a few other places. The Book of uh, Jonah is is a place, but for mm-hmm. the most part, Israel didn't get that right till the end of the Old Testament. So. Uh, their their time is shut down for 400 years until God sends Jesus and begins the program again, lead, leading back to the point where they, they will, that's, I believe, at some point do their original task. Mm-hmm. But Naaman, who's this pagan general, mm-hmm. gets it. I want to I want to know the God of Israel, the God who healed me, the, and 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 I believe, given the opportunity, except for Gehazi's sinfulness. He would have been able to go back and say to the people of Syria, look, there's a God in Israel. And Syria to this day is just due north of Israel. It's right. You can look into Syria from northern Israel. And uh, and they, they missed their, their chance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I think it was interesting. One of the things that, you know, is in the story uh, and, and, and we, um, we both mentioned it, but neither one of us really highlighted, you know, uh, Syria had been, um, had not always had a great relationship with the people of Israel and Judah, oh, no. <laughs> uh, as is evidenced by the fact that 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 Naaman has a Jewish slave, uh, which is someone taken into captivity. He says that in, it's taken in battle. But as you mentioned, and I and I did not mention this, but I think it's relevant too, and uh, is that for whatever conflict Naaman had had with uh, Naaman and and by extension the people of Syria had had with God's people in Israel and in Judah, uh, there was there was some evidence of God's common grace in Naaman's life because by all accounts that his servants seemed to love him. You know, they his, seemed his to servant to, girl apparently did and then his his soldiers apparently did. So he yeah. must have been a great man who whose heart was right for God to work. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that's a, you know, it's interesting. That's an interesting detail that again, you could make an entire sermon out of, but really where this sermon lands is on the, the, um, the failure of Gehazi, um, who is a servant of God's prophet and yet acts like a pagan. Yes. You know. Well, and, again, and, as we often do, we have people that we would consider unsavable. Yeah. You know, God, God certainly couldn't love them, and they certainly wouldn't want to love God. And those are the people that Jesus came and died for. But yeah. in the life of Gehazi, he could not imagine that this Syrian general who had defeated some of his kinsmen would be worthy of knowing the God of Israel. 
And, and in a real way, you, you, you mentioned briefly uh, Jonah. I mean, that's the story of Jonah, right? I mean, that's the story of, <laughs> of Jonah's reluctance to, to go and, and, and minister to, to, to the to the to the people um, in Nineveh. I mean the the Assyrian capital, which was the Assyrian people, not known for their their generosity towards anybody, much less the God's people. And yet, that's the very people to whom God had sent uh, Jonah to 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 be that light and that witness, um, which was promised in Genesis chapter twelve. And he reluctantly does so, but only after God has to get his attention over and over. Yeah, and over even again. after he gives the message, then he's mad that they believe. And uh, God calls him out there in Jonah chapter four and said, "You're all upset about this plant that died that was giving you shade. How about these?" Thousands and thousands of Assyrian people in Nineveh that uh, you don't care about, and again, that's convicting. So we won't talk too much about it. But it's uh, <laughs> you know, there are people that come across our path, and we say, "Yeah, they don't deserve to know Jesus," but in fact, me, we don't either. So we're just thankful for that. Well, and and I think too, um, some of it is we won't. We're all too civilized to outright say it. Yeah. To say, well, these people don't deserve to hear the gospel, but, but we will say it by our inaction. You know, we will say it by our, our, um, our lack of, of motivation to go and to, to go and, and, and witness and, and, yeah, um, Gehazi was willing to go and get money. He wasn't willing to go and witness. <laughs> yeah. And, and that, you know, kind of, you know, that really gets into that, the Proverbs 16 point is, you know, how, there, how, how, you know how much pride there is in Gehazi that he would overrule the prophet of God, Elisha, in in saying, "Well, I'm going to take advantage of the situation." Because Elisha is obviously, as I read that story, Elisha is really exhibiting the free grace of God, which is you know what you were what you were talking about. But Gehazi was is is trying to take advantage of the free grace of God by, uh, you know padding his own bank account. Yeah, and I think that's exactly right, Zach. And so when you're, you know, when you're preaching that on on Sunday, you know, what are some of the challenges that you were facing as you're cuz like you said that's a very convicting um that's a very convicting thing for 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 as you mentioned in your message when you're speaking to um you know, North American um Christians, um, especially in our community, that are, you know, fairly well off, you know, um, if for, in one way or another. So, what are the challenges that you were looking at as you're, you know, kind of giving that, giving, you know, preaching that message to them? Well, I think I had a man long ago, uh, years and years ago, when I was first getting started in ministry and thought I was poor and destitute. And uh, he said, let me ask you uh, a couple of questions. Compared to everyone on the earth right now, uh, where would you put yourself financially? You know, I had to, you know, at the time there were only six billion. I think we're closer to eight now, but yeah, he said, honestly, I'm probably in the top 2%. He said, now compared to all the people who have ever lived in the world, where would you put yourself financially? I said, well, then I'm clearly, clearly a one percenter. Yeah. And so again, if you live in America and you own a car, you know, you're you're wealthier than 99% of the people who who have ever lived. And so when you get to Proverbs 16:16, 16, 16, how much better it is to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding is to be chosen above 
silver. That's the hard part because we live in a in a society that says, you know, the one that dies with the most toys wins. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus comes along in Luke 16 and uh, says the one who is faithful in very little, meaning the handling of money, mm-hmm. is also faithful in much. And the one who is dishonest in very little is also dishonest in much. And I really do think that's why uh, the New Testament especially has more to say about money and the handling of money than any other any other subject. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as a community, I think it's it's dependent upon us to make sure we're aware, we're aware first of all, that we are wealthy by the world's yeah. standards and therefore by God's standards. And then we have an obligation to share that. And I love that we do that so willingly at FPC. You know, we mm-hmm. are a church that looks out from our brick walls and says, what needs to be done here? When whether it's the Celebrate Recovery Ministry or the Oasis program or the mm-hmm backpack lunches for the kids or anybody and any anybody can come in and use our facilities within reason uh i love that we approach the community with an open hand and not a closed fist and so yeah. I, you know it's a challenge but it's also the blessing of being a part of a of a giving people yeah yeah and that was you know that was part of my you know my inclusion so i i, I ran into the gahazi story uh and and uh but i wanted to set it up with a you know what does it look like to commit your ways to the lord you know and looking at the 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 other end of the spectrum uh the story of jehoshaphat in second chronicles 20 oh i, I um, love jehoshaphat oh yeah isn't that great and, and it's it's a shame that more kids aren't named jehoshaphat today i think <laughs> i mean, i kind of half joked about that but i'm like you know typically we look at people in the in the bible and we we look at people of of character and we name them after the people of character in the Bible. Although, you know, people that name their, their children, Jonah, God love them. But you know, Jonah, I don't know he really fits that bill. Um, although we almost, we literally did almost name our son Jonah. Um, but the Jehoshaphat story is so great because he does have all this power and he does have yes. all this, this wealth. And yet when he's faced with the, 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 uh, what seems like an insurmountable task to him, he, he goes to the Lord, you know, and, um, he, he, he admits compared to the Lord, he has no power. You know, he has no power to to face the threats of the Ammonites and the Moabites, and and um, yet he has a God who has that power. And um, you know, I think I think to your point, you know, we we are we we live in a culture and a people that that value highly uh, wealth and esteem and riches, and so often the mantra is more: if you have wisdom, if you have knowledge, you will gain wealth and you will gain esteem. And and yet, if that is the end goal, um, that's not godly wisdom. That's not uh, divine divine uh, righteousness. So yeah, and there's nothing inherently wrong with the wealth. Abraham was a wealthy man. Many of the Old Testament David believers. David a wealthy man. Solomon's a well. I mean, yeah, absolutely. It's what uh, you do. But with it's it, how right? it's how you approach it. Again, I, back in the Philippian series, we said you can either uh, use people to acquire things, or you can use things to minister to people. Yeah. And Gehazi was certainly in the uh, in the former category, and the Book of Proverbs is full of the you know that's one of the nine big topics in Proverbs is how you handle, how you handle money, and the way you handle money is by giving it away to people that that have need and are less fortunate, and and uh, to be a good steward in the process. Yeah, so much of it is about your the not do you have it, but is what is your attitude towards it? You know, what is your what is your attitude towards? Uh, 
the accumulation of and the hoarding, really the hoarding of of wealth. Um, that's how that's how the book of Proverbs kind of you know really lays it out. And what's interesting to me, and you, you mentioned this uh, a little bit in your message, and talk about it a, a bit more, is you know what happens to um, Gehazi later on. You know, it, it's funny because the the way the story lays out in Second Kings is this massive failure of Gehazi uh, is actually previous to the chariots of fire incident, right? Where, yeah, God, is. where Gehazi is actually able to see God fighting for his people, like literally fighting for his people, that there are angel armies uh, on the warpath that cannot be seen. And, and I think it goes back to one of the points that you made is that, that, that there's, there's forgiveness um, extended even if there are long, even if there are long-term consequences to unwise behavior god is still an accepting and forgiving god and i think you did a wonderful job uh with the james 4 passage that it's a matter of god not my will but thy will be done you know yeah. james says if you're the one that wants to be in charge guess what <laughs> it, yeah it's tucked, not happening the way in that passage is, is is a little phrase that i always need to remember it says instead you ought to say if the lord wills we will live mm-hmm. and also do this and we don't even know if we're going to live you're just a vapor mm-hmm. a vapor is the word for a, a puff on a cold day when you see your breath is there and it's gone <laughs> yeah and as yeah. you look around any church and particularly in our classic service you know there are people that were there five years ago that are not there now and so to be so bold as to say, this is what I'm going to do with without going to the Lord first, as Jehoshaphat did, is such an act of pride. And yet our culture often esteems that. But I think biblically that is out of, out of line. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and I, Ed, as always, you know, you always bring such a, a great uh, depth of knowledge uh, to the table when you're when you're when we're opening up God's Word, and I really appreciate uh, your uh, your giftedness and your ability to and your willingness to to um, grant that to us. Especially, uh, I did. I will say this: I, I did um, resonate with your opening story about the flu and the chimney uh, because that happened to us in my very. In, our, in the first, in the second apartment, Julie and I were in. We had a we in Florida, by the way. We had a we had a, a fireplace that was like one of the selling points. Not that you ever need a fire in a fireplace in Florida, but we 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 had that, and we uh, decided to use it on one of the two cold days under fifty that we had. And I f- did not know anything about the flu. And uh, yeah, it backed up into our our apartment fairly fairly quickly. And um, like you, I I burned quite a bit of my arm hair off trying to close <laughs> I, that. Bad I bet boy I had up. a half a dozen men come up and say, "Yeah, I've done that." <laughs> yeah, I did that. I did that. Well, and I also too, I I, I didn't realize I, I did not realize that even when the fire's out, it's still pretty hot in there. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and uh, I one day we uh, we had it, and I closed I closed the uh, we had glass. There were glass sliding kind of doors for the the fireplace and i closed them and uh, we went to bed and about 10 minutes later we heard this massive crash and we came in and all of the glass had had smashed out of it because the heat um (laughs) that was trapped in there but i I resonated with that i I congratulations you're a guy (laughs) 
<laughs> Ed, uh, always a pleasure talking to you. I appreciate you hanging out and especially taking time on your uh, on your uh, on your time away to to speak about this. And um, you're going to be back with us again in a few. Is that right? A few weeks? Is that right? Are you going to? Do you know? I'm not sure you, the schedule. I got I okay. got the the series, but I didn't have a date in there. So I, if you check on that for me, I'd appreciate it. I'll let you know. It might be the next series. I uh, right. but we we're we're blessed to have you as part of the team and uh, to to step in. I know a lot of folks in our congregation are, are always excited when you come and, and share share God's word, word with us. So I appreciate it, Ed, and uh, we look forward to uh, having you on next time. Thanks, brother. Have a great week. Not you too. If you missed uh, Ed's sermon uh, in our classic service, or you missed uh, my sermon in our Vine service, we do encourage you to head over to fpclakeland.org and click on the worship page and the sermon archive tab so you can watch complete uh, services from our uh, church on Sunday morning. And uh, if you missed any episode of Armchair Preaching, uh, we do encourage you to go over to your favorite podcasting platform, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google uh, Play, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and um, hit the subscribe button. You'll be notified when a new episode drops. It gives you an opportunity to like it, uh, leave a review, and uh, share it with your friends. Uh, it does help people find the podcast, and we are grateful uh, for that. And we will see everybody next time. <laughs>